1: Five six one six one six twenty. What are those people talking about? You got a deal. A deal is a deal. Stop whining about it. Live up to its obligations. And now WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome to the show. So very glad to have you with us as we continue safer at home, sheltering in place something certainly appropriate for the foreseeable future. But I, again, at some point in time, I think it's important to offer perspective, and that's what I try to do on this program. I, I think the longer this this goes on, in some respects, as more people just obsessed with going onto the Internet and, and watching the different press conferences, more people, I think, do lose a little bit of perspective. And I, I want to try to offer some. First of all, I think the safer-at-home Um, restrictions are completely and totally appropriate. I think they need to be in effect. I think people need to be smart about it. Yesterday afternoon, my wife and I were out taking a walk, and it was actually amazing to see that, you know, as we were walking, if you were going down the sidewalk and you'd see people coming the other way, people gave each other their space. I think that's incredibly smart, and I think we need to be prepared to do that, at, at least for a while. Later on in this program, we're going to be talking about when and how we start to unwind this, and at what point, and, and what do we have to do, and what do we have to look at. But at the same time, and I, I just know this from people I interact with, and sometimes it's the texts I get or the emails I get, I, I do think at the same time it is important to keep at least some sense of perspective in place. And that's what I want to offer for Wisconsin. I'm not talking about what's going on in Los Angeles or what's going on in New York or what's going on in Detroit. I want to talk about what is going on in Wisconsin because I swear, I get these texts or I interact with people, and and I think there's some people out there who think that if they go to the gasoline station or they, they go to the hardware store or they go to the grocery store, there is a great chance that they're going to end up dying. And and you want to be smart. You want to maintain social distancing. But at the same time, we cannot give in to paranoia. I mean, here here are are the numbers, And, and by the way, about eight or nine days ago, the state came out and said, look, if we don't go into, if we don't do social distancing, we've got these models that say that 22,000 people by this coming Wednesday, two days from now, 22,000 people will test positive, 400 to 1,450 people will, will die. Now, I, I don't know if those models were just really messed up or whether we're really good at social distancing or probably the truth is both. But, I mean, you know, right now the numbers are about 2,400 people in a state of 5.8 million have tested positive for coronavirus. That is, if you have a pen and paper handy, that is zero 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 Four percent, four zeros and a four percent. And and we have and so we're we're way below what those those estimates were. Now the numbers are going to go up as they start doing more more testing. No no questions about it. But for most of the state, you know, you have not seen a widespread, you know, increase or numbers of, of people with coronavirus. Most of the instances of coronavirus are coming from southeastern Wisconsin in general, Milwaukee County in particular, and the city of Milwaukee in in particular. And then you have, and the number goes up, unfortunately, but it's 75 deaths. Um, That's way below what the the predictions or at least the possibility was, you know, 10 days ago. That tells me, again, that we're doing a good job uh, of social distancing and paying attention and doing all those sorts of things. But I guess my my only message is you, you want to do that. You want to be smart. But, but for some people, and I think they are, who are, I, I look, I understand you're watching all the news conferences and you hear the Surgeon General come out and say that, okay, this is going to be America, this week's going to be America's Pearl Harbor time and things like that. I get that it's scary out there and I'm not denying that. But for people who are, uh, again, uh, afraid that, oh, my gosh, the world is ending and everybody we know are going to be eliminated and die, as long as we're smart, that's not what the case is. You just have to have a little bit of perspective. But if you decide you've got to go to the gasoline station and you practice social distancing and you wash your hands and you do all those things, chances are that you're going to be all right. And I'm not trying to be irresponsible in saying that, but I I think that sometimes we've got people who are just, uh, afraid that the world is ending and that's not good for your mental health. You have to take a, a broad look at this and look at the numbers and say look we're committed to being smart and I understand why there's a lot of officials out there who I, I think you know by, by trying to scare people and that's appropriate we need to be scared about this and particularly if you're in one of these vulnerable classes, I mean that's if if you are you know somebody who's got a compromised immune system, or you know you're somebody who tends to be older, uh, it, it's it, I get it. You don't want to get it. Nobody wants to end up having this, but we we need to keep some degree of perspective. And to that point. Um, as of this morning, like I say, 2,400 positive cases of coronavirus in Wisconsin, um, more than 25,000 negative tests. So even for the the folks that, you know, have a degree of a, have some sort of a symptom, you know, the the odds are overwhelming that that it's not coronavirus. And we want to keep those numbers from spiking. And again, I, I think, you know, if, we were talking about you know New York City, where you have a huge population density, it might be a different kind of analysis. And I just say this just to give you some perspective on the numbers, not to depreciate the significance of what is going on, which brings us to where I want to start the program. Uh, at some point in time, the government is going to the the government is, is going to lift the the lockdowns and, and say and I, I don't know if it's going to be two weeks from now, I don't know if it's going to be three weeks from now, I don't know if it's a month from now, but at some point in time the government is going to lift the lockdowns and, and let us all go about our, our business. Now, just because the government lifts the lockdown though doesn't mean that people are actually going to do it. And and interestingly, because again, people you know, people vote with their feet people vote with their pocketbook. And just because you can say you know you can do something now doesn't mean that people will. There is a new poll that's out by Huffington Post and, and YouGov Survey. And, and what it says is that about 80 per 87%, so let's round up, 9 out of 10 Americans are planning on staying home through the entire month of April. In other words, voluntarily continuing the shelter-in-place situation regardless of whether there is an order in effect or not. So if Governor Evers were to say tomorrow, I- I'm lifting the, the shelter-at-home restrictions. No, he's not going to. But assuming for the sake of argument, he were. I mean, this study shows that it says, it suggests that about 90%, 9 out of 10 people would say, well, we don't care whether the government says we don't have to do this. We're not going to do it. Regardless, we're not going out, at least until the end of the month. All right, our number, let's start off the program this week with this, 855-616-1620. That is the Accurate Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Regardless of whether there's a safer at home or a shelter at home order in place, do you think that, well, let's just use, I mean, today is, today is April 6th, so... You know, three weeks, I mean, we're essentially talking, to the end of April, we're talking three and a half to four weeks. All right, regardless of whether there is an order telling you to stay home, do you think you're going to go out of your house? Do you think you're going to move away from the shelter-in-place, social distancing things anytime in the next month? 855-616-1620, that is the acunate mortgage talk and text line, regardless of an order, are you going to start to go back to normal any time in the next month? Survey I have says about 9 out of 10 Americans saying no, they're not, regardless of what the government says. What are you going to be doing? Do you anticipate, again, going out in, in public, getting closer to people, et cetera, et cetera, at least over the next month? 855-616-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Be honest. Back with your calls in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. If you're just tuning in, there's a survey out that says regardless of the, the shelter-in-place or the safer-at-home orders, 9 out of 10 Americans say th- they're not going anywhere. Regardless of whether there's an order or not, they're they're not going to change their behavior, at least through the end of April. So if government comes in and says, hey, we're lifting these orders and allowing places to open up, they're, they're still still—they're not going to be going out. They're not going to be going to the restaurants. Do you believe that? Craig in Waukesha. Craig, you're first. Good afternoon.
0: Good afternoon. Uh, my thought on this is people just tend to say things that they're not necessarily going to do. They want to do it, but they won't. Uh, I just drove down 76th Street. And every just about every fast food restaurant there, it's got a line in it. Now, I think people right. essentially want to stay in, but what's going to happen is, well, yeah, I'm not going to count going to the store, or I'm not going to count going to pick up something to eat. People will still go out. You can't tell me, and I can't buy it, that nine out of ten people are going to stay home.
1: How about, um, I mean, how about going to a, a dine-in restaurant? Let's say two weeks from now. The, the the order is modified that, hey, we're okay restaurants can open up as long as, going back to where we were uh, a few weeks ago, restaurants can open up, but no more than X number of people in them at a time. Do you think people are going to go back to restaurants right away?
0: I'd say that it'd be more like 50-50, maybe
1: 50%. Yeah, I, as I opposed would say, yes. to nine others.
0: There are people that, that I'm talking to that I think would definitely... As long as if they felt safe where you're saying, okay, every other table we're going to occupy, you know, then I'd say, okay, that seems reasonable because you're already, you know, you're going picking food up anyway from a restaurant. So I guess you're trusting the people serving you.
1: Got it. Thanks for the perspective. I appreciate it. Well, I mean, that's. Um, you know I mean i that 's what I um, you know wrestle with now here jeff I, I have high blood pressure and diabetes I probably won 't go out until the middle of May for my safety and, and i mean i I certainly understand that if you're if you're especially in one of the targeted groups and, and have that vulnerability well i mean yeah then then you you definitely want to do everything you can to to avoid this. I'm just curious as where people are. Uh, Jeff, if they lifted shelter in place, I'd I'd be out in a minute. I do think the answer is gathering limits. Um, uh, Jeff, I'm definitely not going to feel comfortable in crowded places anytime soon. I actually have a... a ticket for a theater production at the end of the June that I'm hoping to get out of, I probably won't feel comfortable. And the fatalities from this are much lower and uh, much farther between Jeff. Life hasn't changed too much for me. Um, I am planning on golfing with a friend this weekend at a simulator at his home, still doing weekend projects and getting supplies at home Depot, um, I do want my weekend drink at my local bar back. Um, Jeff, I'll follow the orders for Wisconsin whenever they lift, resuming whatever is allowed, whenever. My gut instinct is that no state will likely relax rest- restrictions until at least Memorial Day, so the April dates are moot. Now, keep in mind, Memorial Day is is at the end of May. 855-616-1620. Dan in West Dallas. Dan, you're on WTMJ. Hey, Jeff. How are you today? I am well, thank you, sir. Okay, what do you think? I mean, do you think if they lifted these orders, people would start feeling more comfortable going out uh, before the end of the month?
2: Boy, I don't know. I I can't speak for you you or someone else, but my my immediate family, we would be pretty much hesitant to go out until there was mass. I, I guess I'd have to see more testing. Um, you know, I I like to hear the plan. I I I'd like to hear what the the president's plan would be for you know, going back and starting life again. Do we have, have we heard anything? What is the plan by the government?
1: Well, I don't know. Thanks a lot for the call, Dan. I don't know that right now there there is a plan. Matter of fact, we're going to talk about that later on in the show. I mean, how how we start to to get back to normal. Now, I, I have a couple ideas. If I were king, some of the suggestions that I would make, which I mean, I think. You know have to be based on a, an analysis first of all of, of the availability of tests so you can identify the hot spots, but also you know uh, something that that says okay well maybe what what works for the city of Milwaukee isn't necessarily the same plan that you need in effect for for Green Bay or or whatever. Again, just focusing on the state of Wisconsin, but we'll talk about that a little bit later. Jeff, I feel like I'm spending 30 days in, you know, a prison hole. You're darn right that I'm going to go out. Um, Jeff, folks are having trouble staying at home now. I think that when the gates open, we'll be out and about. I will... I will be there. Huh. I mean I, I think that's one of the interesting things that's out there. Jeff, I'll head out ASAP as soon as the order is lifted. Life is a calculated risk in everything we do. It's not worth living the rest of my life in fear or afraid of other people getting me sick. The risk has always been there, but people are just currently hyper aware. I think this I think this nine out of ten number is is high. But but I do think you know, if you were to ask me, I, I think it's probably about 50-50, and I will be honest with you, it, it's tough for me to say, you know, blanketly, you know, if they lift when they lift the safer-at-home order um, and if they lift it before the, the end of April, are you going to resume all your normal activities? Because my answer is, is I don't know. There there are some activities that I would definitely have no hesitation about. You open up the golf courses and the weather is nice, I, I'm, I'm going to go play golf. I, I mean, I guess – I, I, do I recognize that there is the chance that you might get this, that somebody was in the golf cart or something like that, or that they touched the flag stick? Yes. But I guess I consider that to be so extremely remote, especially if I'm practicing, you know, washing my hands and things like that, that I'm willing to take that, that chance. So if you ask me about golf, yeah, that, that would be the thing. Now, if you're asking me, okay, gee, Jeff. Um, at the end of the month, do you feel comfortable crowding into Pfizer Forum surrounded by eighteen to twenty other th- thousand other people that That might be a different sort of story and I guess closer to home the other the big question i don 't even know how to honestly answer it is once the restaurants start opening up and i I love 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 going out to restaurants um, or, and bars. I guess it's the same sort of thing. If you were to say to me, gee, I mean, at the end of April, in three more weeks, are you going to feel comfortable crowding in maybe shoulder to shoulder in some bar? My answer is probably going to be no. On the other hand, if you say, gee, there's, you know, this restaurant that you happen to like and the tables are spaced out and they're going to control the number of reservations, would you go back to it? My answer is no. Probably yes. Now that's speaking for me. If you ask my wife, she might have a different answer. If you ask my friends, they may have a different answer. But it is kind of interesting because you gotta start thinking about that because these safer at home or stay at home orders are going to be lifted sometime. I don't know if it's gonna be two weeks from now. I don't know if it's three weeks from now, but it is gonna be interesting to me to see how individual people will react to it. Speaking of individual people reacting to that, the guidance on masks, has been all over the map. When we come back, we're going to talk about whether or not the government needs to be more definitive. I will explain and we will discuss. Stick around. It's 1228. This is Jeff Wagner. You're
0: listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ.
1: Well, welcome back. You want uh, you want to hear about a company that I think is really okay doing the right thing and... It's, it's a very pro-consumer thing, and, and it's, it's a Wisconsin company that's doing that. American Family Insurance, based out of Madison. Of course, American Family has been big in the Milwaukee area. Recently, they're, they're going to, Miller Park's name is going to change next year, and uh, they're going to be the naming sponsor, American Family. They've already, um, they're the naming rights sponsor for the the big, the new amphitheater at Summerfest. So American Family has really been, I think, developing its presence outside of Madison and across the state. Well, well here's here's the deal. One of the things that, of course, has been happening as a result of the, the safer at home orders and the spread of coronavirus is that that people are are going out fewer uh, a lot lot less and that means that people are driving their cars a lot less now i don't i don't know about you but i i think this afternoon i'm going to go out and get gas in my car i don't think i put gas in my car for probably two or three weeks because you know, normally i probably end up having to fill up the tank maybe twice a week, I, I would say, or maybe three times every two weeks or something like that. It's been weeks because I really just drive in a very, very limited basis. So what that means is I'm not unique. People are, are driving a lot less. So what's one of the things that happens when you look at, at automobile collisions, you know, accidents and things like that? Well, it's based on the number of miles that people drive. And what American family is finding is that their, their claims – the claims they are getting are down dramatically because people aren't driving anywhere near as much. I mean, your chances of getting into a fender bender are greater if you're driving 200 miles a week than if you drive five miles a week or 10 miles a week or whatever it is. So what they've done is they said, based on our, our models that, that we use to set premiums and all that, you know, we're, we've decided that we're going to refund $200 million dollars to our policyholders, to our automobile insurance clients, because what we're, again we're finding is we, we set the premiums, we charge them based on you know, what we thought was going to be the cost. Well, it's turning out to be a lot less. So instead of saying we're going to pocket that dough, what they're going to be doing is distributing it. So American Family Insurance Company said it is returning $50 per insured vehicle to I- its various policyholders um said so, and again it said it's just based on you know on the numbers of this they don't have to do it but they're doing it. I think it's a very, very pro-consumer move. They say, hey, look, it's, these are real dollars that we expected to pay out this year that we're no longer going to have to pay out. So what we're going to do is we're going to share it right back now when our customers probably need it most. So given the fact that the claims are down dramatically, you know, you're, if you've got two cars, say, insured with American family, you're, you're going to be getting 100 bucks back. Now, again, I think that's an incredibly cool thing to do, and I think it speaks well for American Family Insurance, and I guess my hope is that maybe... Maybe other, you know, casualty insurance companies look at the same thing and decide, yeah, I mean, our our rates were based on what we thought was going to be a certain claim percentage. And, you know, if we've got an extra $200 million that we didn't plan on having simply because of what's going on in the world, we're going to give it back. And I, I think they deserve credit for that. Hey, just as an aside, one of the things – you, you don't right now, if you turn on the radio or you turn on television or you you know go on the internet and you see these ads, one of the things that, that you see are just incredible amount of, of ads for attorneys. You know, it, and it's just and of course you you've got a lot of that going on in, in Wisconsin. Big attorney advertising. One of the reasons that that there's so much attorney advertising is, of course, there, there's demand, particularly in the area of automobile accidents. There's lots and lots of automobile accidents that are out there, and it, and obviously the advertising works, but there's so many of these accidents that are there that the attorneys are able to spend all the money that they do on advertising and still you know, come out ahead with the different cases they get. It's a real interesting thing, and I just say this as an aside. A number of my friends who do personal injury work are telling me that they think that whole dynamic is going to change in the next couple years and that there's not going to be anywhere near as many automobile accidents, kind of the mine-run sort of cases. And, and it's kind of an interesting dynamic, and I hadn't thought about it, but I just wanted to share it with you. What When you think about automobile accidents, maybe the, the collisions that, that you've been involved in over the course of your life, what What are they typically now I understand that there, there's some situations where you have the the car that 's speeding through the intersection and 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 slams into the side of somebody else 's car and causes catastrophic damage there 's always going to be that, but if you look at the typical type of automobile accident, what happens is it 's a rear end accident where you have, I don't know, somebody who's driving their car, not paying attention, smashes the car in front of them. Or the car in front of them has to, you know, put on the brakes suddenly, and the person behind doesn't have a chance, and they slam on the brakes, and and you have the rear-end accidents That's the, the common one. Or it's, again, it's some of the sort of slow speed type of, of stuff. You know, you're making the right-hand turn on red, and the car is coming through, it has the green light, all that type of stuff. Well, a lot of a lot of my attorney friends are convinced that that a lot of that is going to go away because think about the newer cars that are coming out and what's one of the things that, that they have. They've got the, the automatic braking technology. Now, uh, on both of, of our cars, my car is a 2017, my wife's a 2018. They, they've got the, that automatic braking technology, which we thankfully have, have never had to use it, but you, you, you have to work. To, you, I think you would have to work to smash into a, a car, particularly at a relatively low speed. Because so what happens is, if you get close to another car, first of all, you get these big flashing lights that say brake, 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 and if you get even closer, it, it, it slams on the brakes. Now, this doesn't stop and eliminate for permanently the, the possibility of, of rear end collisions but it dramatically reduces it. And it is interesting to see to me, moving forward, I think you're going to see a lot fewer, particularly of the like low-speed impact that, that leads to a lot of the insurance claims and leads to a lot of, of the lawsuits. So I, I think moving forward, if you're looking for, hey, what's the world going to look like four or five years from now, I think as more and more people upgrade, get the newer cars, and that technology becomes more present in those cars, you're going to see fewer automobile accidents on on the road, especially fewer of those rear-end type of things. I'm not saying you get rid of all automobile accidents. That would be silly. But I think you're going to see fewer of those. And one of the upsides is you're going to see lower insurance rates because, they're not going to have as many of those sort of fender-bender type of things or rear-end accidents or stuff like that. So it's an example of where once the technology really kicks in, I think it might change a lot of stuff. So I, I could be wrong, but I think one of the things you have to look forward to is perhaps lower insurance premiums moving forward simply because of the advent of technology. When we come back, who is that masked man? This is Jeff Wagner, WTMJ. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Should government require you to wear a mask, a face mask, if you are out in public? Now, the the advice on this has been all over the map over the course of the last few weeks. Um, The recommendation up until recently from the CDC has been, it, it, it doesn't do enough good to make it, it worthwhile. And also there, there is a shortage of, of masks. That guidance has now changed, <clears throat> saying that if people feel comfortable with that, that they should wear masks. Now, generally speaking, when they're talking about masks, they're, they're not talking about the, the N95 surgical masks that are fitted. Those There's not a lot of them out there, and they're reserved for health professionals, or at least they should be. But they're saying, okay, if you feel comfortable, for example, wearing a scarf or a bandana or a homemade mask or a balaclava, that's the thing you kind of put over the head in the wintertime, and you can pull it up over your face, you, you, you do it if it makes you feel comfortable. It's not going to necessarily stop you from getting the Disease, But it might make it less likely that if you're infected, you will ex- you will pass it on to somebody else. So more and more people are going out nowadays with the- these homemade face masks. In a couple communities, it's not optional. For example, I'm looking at a story in the Wall Street Journal, Laredo, Texas. The Common Council last week approved an order that says that everybody who goes out in public must, that is, must, Don, put on some type of mask. If they don't, they are subject to a fine of up to $1,000. Laredo is one of the first cities in the country to make wearing masks in public um, mandatory. Riverside County in California also ordering all residents to cover their faces while leaving home. All right, our number, eight five five six one is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Should government make this mandatory that if you leave the house, regardless of what you're doing, whether you're going into Target or you're going into a grocery store or you're going to the hardware store, or you're going to the gas station or you're going for a walk with your dog, should we make it mandatory that you Wear a mask. 855 616 1620. That is the AccuNet Mortgage talk and text line. And at the risk of, uh, again, I mean, feel free to disagree with me on this. I have no objection. To people who decide that they want to go out in public wearing masks, I, I think that that's that's fine. I think that's, but I think it should be an individual choice. Now, if you're talking about going into a hospital or going into a nursing home or going into some area where there is a higher incidents and likelihood that if something happens and you happen to be a carrier, there's gonna be really bad results. Well, then I I think that individual nursing home or hospital or whatever has every right to say, okay, mandatory wearing masks. But are we really at a stage now where the government should be saying, if you go out in public for any purpose, you have to wear a mask, 855-616-1620. That's the acunate mortgage talk and text line. My response would be, I think it's fine to give this advice. I think it's fine to suggest that individuals do it. It might even be practical to, to do this. At the same time, I don't know that here in Wisconsin, we are at that point where we need to require everybody to wear masks. Now, there might... You know, there, there might be certain segments, you know, where, where you've had this, this huge outbreak. And if you look in Milwaukee, if you look at Wisconsin, there's a couple areas where you, you have a concentrated outbreak. Maybe in, in those areas it makes sense. But, of course, you know, we, we have large segments of the state of Wisconsin, for example, where there there isn't Any appreciable incidence of coronavirus, we want to keep it that way, of course. Should we require people to wear masks? My answer would be it might be good. If it makes you feel more comfortable, that's fine. If it makes the people around you feel more comfortable, that's fine. But mandatory mandatory masking, I don't go that far. Uh, While Gru is lining up the calls, Jeff, the problem is people don't understand the recommendations. I saw people driving while wearing masks. Um. yes Jeff they can't keep toilet paper and hand sanitizers in the stores how in the world will they get masks for everyone to wear well no they, they won't have they won't have masks let's take a quick break before we go to your calls breaking news from Eric Bilstad
3: thank you Jeff yes from the WTMJ breaking news center Governor Evers is signing executive order 74 right now suspending in person voting for the spring election tomorrow and moving it to an in-person vote on June 9th. The order also directs the legislature to meet in special session on Tuesday, April 7th, tomorrow, to address the election date. Again, Governor Evers suspending in-person voting. He's calling on the legislature into a special session on April 7th, Signed that executive order just moments ago. All ballots already cast in the spring election will remain valid, according to the governor, and will be tallied in conjunction with the new in person voting date, again, said to be in June,
1: June 9th. We'll get you an update at 1 o'clock, WTMJ News Time, 1252. This is Jeff Wagner. So glad to have you with us. I. We're going to talk about the latest move by the governor in about 10 minutes, and then um, we'll talk about what happens next because my my guess is you've got Republicans in the state that are now running to or getting ready to run to the state Supreme Court to get the governor's order overturned. There's a significant legal question as to whether or not Governor Evers has the authority on his own to suspend the election. Um, I I think – most legal scholars think he doesn't, but, but again, you know, wh- who knows? But we'll talk about all that in just a couple minutes. I want to wrap up our conversation on, on should wearing masks be mandatory? Because keep in mind, for weeks and weeks we were told it it, you, you, it doesn't do any good at all. And so now the the guidance has changed and says, well, okay, it, it might stop you from, you know, infecting other people. Should it be mandatory? 855-616-1620. Mike on the northwest side. Mike, you're on WTMJ.
4: Hi, good afternoon, Jeff. Uh, I think that the mandatory thing is unrealistic. I think uh, if you're in a hot spot or going to a hospital or visiting someone who's got, a, uh, you know, uh, immune deficiency sure. or something like that, then it's probable
0: or you should do it. But here just talking about if you've been out in the grocery store or gas station or wherever doing the uh, social distancing, if you, you may have been exposed already. But if you don't have it, you're not going to get it anymore. And uh, I well, think that this mandatory thing has been kind of
5: nuts, really, in a way.
1: Well, thank, thanks for the call, Mike. I, I guess I see. I, I think we have to when we talk about things like this. And again, if you want to wear a mask in public, that that, that that's fine. Um, again as long as it's not one of the high and surgical masks because we really we want them going to the doctors and the nurses and the EMTs and all that sort of stuff but if people want to go out and they want to wear the scarf around their face or whatever I I think people should have every right to do that and I think we should count on people to be smart in how they approach those things And, and maybe part of it does depend on where you're going and part of it depends on you know what's What's going on in a particular community? Now, again, I think if you look at the state of Wisconsin, what, the, the incidence of coronavirus in uh, part of the city of Milwaukee is much different from, you know, Eau Claire or La Crosse or whatever. So something that might be a good idea or might even be a, a necessary precaution in part of the city of Milwaukee m- makes no sense, for example, in, in Green Bay. So a one-size-fits-all approach, I, I think, makes no sense. Now, again, I'm not discouraging people from doing that. Jeff, I shopped in Menominee Falls Friday. I was one of three people not wearing a mask and gloves at Aldi. I was feeling out of place, but I used hand sanitizer, and you know, I'm I feel healthy. Now, here's the flip side, Jeff. If you need to go out, wear a mask. It can only protect. It does not harm. No, it 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 other than perhaps giving people a false sense of security, it doesn't create any harm. Uh, it's not a bad idea, I guess. But at the same time, I don't think government needs to come in and tell you that you have to do this, especially in southeastern Wisconsin and Wisconsin in general. If, if we were talking about New York City, you know, maybe I would have a, a different approach to this. But do I think we should make it mandatory? No. On the other hand, if it makes you feel comfortable and you think it would make other people feel comfortable, I say go for it. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back after the news, we're going to talk about the latest development in the election, which, well, was scheduled for tomorrow, now isn't. But stay tuned. This is Jeff Wagner.
0: Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is The Jeff Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's
1: Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the show. As we say a lot nowadays, we certainly live in interesting times. The breaking news, uh, there is an election scheduled for tomorrow. Governor Tony Evers has just issued an executive order shutting down the election and moving the state's spring election to June 9th. He's calling back uh, lawmakers into session to decide whether an election should be held at a different date All sorts of questions arise, including what about all the people that let's let's say that June 9th date stays. What about all the people that have have requested absentee ballots um, already? Can can they vote any time over the next two months? We moved from an election day to now a, a two month election process. Don't know the answer to that. Now, let's let's kind of break this down. In my opinion. I, I don't think the governor has the authority to do this. I think his order is illegal, but, but that it's going to be challenged. My guess is you're going to have the, the legislature, legislative leaders who are going to be heading into court sometime this afternoon, probably asking the Supreme Court for an order, an emergency stay of the governor's order. Now, whether they're going to be able to get that or not, I, I do not know. So this is one of the situations where I, I think it is a very fluid to use that phrase situation. And just because the governor has issued the order, the courts are going to ultimately have the final say because like I say, there's there and I've been talking about this for a couple weeks, the reason Tony Evers didn't do this earlier is because I think he had concluded that he did not have the legal authority to do this. Well, he's now changed that attitude. He's issuing the order, and it, I don't know how that's going to all play out. Will the court get involved at the last minute? Will the election be canceled? What's going to happen moving forward? Like I say, are we now going to have a two-month election process? Will people continue to be able to, I don't know, throughout the rest of April and all of May request more absentee ballots? And, and then, I mean, is this going to be a two-month process of the election? Don't know any of that. So it, it's all up in the air, and I'm not sure We're going to necessarily have any clarity by 3 o'clock or 5 o'clock. Sometime before midnight tonight, I would expect, you know, we'll know definitively. But I would be stunned if there is not some sort of legal challenge to this order. Where that legal challenge goes, I I don't know. Like I say, I I think most people don't believe the governor has the authority to do this, but, but... you know, who knows? You, you go broke trying to predict what courts are going to end up doing. And my guess is, at the same time, maybe Republicans are going into the state Supreme Court to try to get them involved. You're going to have Democrats who are perhaps going into a federal district court trying to get an injunction. <clears throat> who knows? Complete and total mess. And we're, we're not going to know for sure whether there's going to be in-person voting tomorrow, probably until later on in this evening. If I were working in a clerk's office or I was one of the various clerks across the state, even with the governor's order, my advice would be prepare as if you're going to have an election because, again, who knows what the courts might do over the course of the next few hours. So I, I don't, I don't want to talk about what the courts will do. I don't want to talk about whether or not, you know, we're, we're going to have an election tomorrow or not. That's something that we'll, we'll know definitively in the next several hours. What I want to talk about is what should happen. Our number, 855-616-1620, that's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Given the safer at home order, given the fact that, you know, people, there's a lot of people who think that we should be required to wear masks if we go out in public, given the fact that, that people are genuinely freaked out about, you know, what is going on in, in the country and in the state and in their communities, about coronavirus. My question to you is, do you think we should postpone the election? 855-616-1620, that's the acunate mortgage talk and text line. And again, I, I don't want to talk about the, you know, will it happen or, or won't it. Uh, I want to talk about, given where we are, should we? Is it Would it be the right thing to do to kick the election back um, for a month or two months. Now, keep in mind what is going to be on the ballot. You've got the presidential primary. Well, President Trump is running unopposed, essentially unopposed. I don't know if there's a. Yeah, there's no. I don't think there's any other Republican on the ballot. You've got multiple names on the Democrat ballot, but the truth of the matter is, any luster that once attached to the Democratic primary is gone. Joe Biden is going to be the nominee. Bernie Sanders is not. If, they're going to win in Wisconsin. He's not going to stop the Biden train. That's just going to happen. So, you, and it doesn't matter, really. The the political parties, I think the Democrats, as long as you have the, the ballot by the middle of June, I, or whatever that number is, you, you still get your ballots counted. But it doesn't matter. Biden's going to be the nominee. So the, Wisconsin doesn't matter in that decision. What does matter is you 've got a state supreme Court race you 've got Justice Kelly running against his liberal challenger out of Dane county joel Um that That is an important race at the same time. The Supreme Court terms don 't expire until August first so there 's nothing magic about April. You could have that election in early June, and in the event that Justice Kelly lost. Well, okay, he, he still has a couple of months on on his term. It does matter to an extent because you have a number of local offices, mayors, county executives, et cetera, whose term ends in in mid-April. And so, if there's not an election, um, you either have an incumbent who might might lose. Tom Barrett for example not that I'm predicting he's going to lose but he would stay beyond the length of his term or you have an incumbent who's not running for reelection Chris Abley for example who would stay in office months beyond the expiration of his term okay so 855 that's the accident mortgage talk and text line so that's what's at stake for the election my question to you is what should happen Should we postpone the election? Are you reluctant? Do you feel uncomfortable going out and voting? You know, in my case, I I voted two weeks ago. So it's all kind of academic one way or the other. 855-616-1620. Rue is back at the studio lining up the calls. We discuss in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. 855-616-1620. That's the Academic Mortgage Talk and text line. Jeff, I'm in favor of the election going forward tomorrow. We're taking care to do what we have to do to go to the grocery store. We're taking due care when we're out in public. It should not be impossible to manage for an important voting day. That's Pete. Another text, Jeff, I think we should postpone for one month. Uh, Jeff, let's have the election tomorrow and then move forward. Um, Jeff, everything you're saying about the election is right on the money. So now the question becomes, when are we going to start holding Republicans accountable for their blatant efforts at voter suppression? It's been obvious for years and never more so than now. Okay, 855-616-1620. Let's start with Dave and Appleton. Dave, good afternoon.
4: Good morning or afternoon, Jeff. No, no, and hell no, it should not be canceled. But if you and I don't see any way that he wins this in the Supreme Court because I mean, what, what president are you setting? So November rolls around and uh, Donald Trump says, well, you know, things are kind of rough. We're gonna just uh, executive order postpone the election. I mean, it can't happen. And number two, if it does happen, then June 9th is a complete do-over. You throw all the ballots out. And you start a new election on June 9th. Otherwise, I could vote twelve times between now and then.
1: Well, I mean, th- thanks for Dave. I mean, it does raise all, all these different issues. Now, now keep in mind, we, like, look, if if what's going on now isn't a mess, it, it, it'll do till a real mess gets here. I and mean, I've said that before. Um, a federal judge in Madison decided he didn't have the authority to postpone the election but remember what he did is he said okay well I'm 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 not I'm going to ignore state law and I'm going to allow ballots absentee ballots to come in for a week after the election, which I think is just a recipe for incredible election fraud. But that's the way it stands right now. To be honest with you, I'm not sure what, what's worse, allowing ballots to be counted for an extra week after the election um, or or postponing it. I mean, it, it's, it's just a mess no matter where you go. And again, I, I don't think, I don't know what a court is going to do. I, I think one of the reasons Tony Evers didn't postponed this a few weeks ago is he had concluded he didn't have the power to do it but now he's decided to, to do so but is there a problem with delaying this 855-616-1620 chuck in illinois chuck you're on wtmj chuck oh, i'm sorry we lost chuck let's talk to dennis in milwaukee dennis you're on wtmj good afternoon
2: good afternoon jeff jeff i feel the election should go on tomorrow As scheduled, Um, I'm a city of Milwaukee resident, and uh, my aldermanic district is going to be voting at Washington High School tomorrow. And I plan on going there. I'm going to bring my black pen. I'm going to have a mask on and vote. Quite frankly, I don't see how voting tomorrow at a particular site is any more dangerous or less dangerous than going to the grocery store.
1: Mm -hmm. or the hardware store or the gas station or whatever yeah
2: either way you're you're amongst people
1: okay let me ask you the flip side though let me ask you the flip side what what in your mind what is the harm in delaying the election a month or two months let's let's say you have the election june 2nd instead of tomorrow what's what's the downside to that
2: I guess it sets a precedent, a, a bad precedent. You know, we, we voted through all other uh, uh, tragedies in our country, world wars and everything. I just think it sets a bad precedent.
1: Fair enough. Okay, thanks for the call. I appreciate it, Dennis. 855-616-1620. That's the acunate mortgage talk and text line. I, I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling with this. I think if you were going to postpone the election. The time to postpone the election would have been three or four weeks ago, and and then you wouldn't have had this mess with the absentee ballots, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. To try to do it at the last minute, I'm 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 having trouble with with that. At the same time, on the flip side, I, I don't know that it's the end of the world. Um, you know, if you'd postpone it for, for two months. Now, I understand there's some people who think the governor's being cynical, and what he's trying to do is he's looking at some numbers that suggest that the chances of some of his candidates, particularly in the Supreme Court race, getting elected, um, the with, you look at the early votes and stuff, and it's not looking good. And, and so some people want to be cynical on that. I guess I look at this and say, this is going to be a mess, and it's going to be challenged legally regardless of how you end up doing this. And whoever we... Wins. The election is going to be tainted, I guess, in some respects. So if we're going to try to promote election integrity, even though I think this should have been done four weeks ago, and even though I think it's probably unlawful what the government's, governor's order is doing, but courts could disagree with that, I don't see the downside necessarily to postponing it. But then we got to figure out what we're doing with all these votes that have not been cast yet. Because I will say this, if you're going to allow people to vote for the next two months, well, that, that's got a whole other series of issues. Bernadette in Wauwatosa. You're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
6: Hi. Um, I absolutely think that they should extend this, mainly because um, what I've been reading in the last day or two, um, including Fox News, is saying people shouldn't even be going to the grocery store for the next couple of weeks because they're feeling uh, you know we're going to have a peak here in the uh, in the coronavirus, so I think it definitely should be extended. I don't see any big downside. Other than yes, they're going to have to figure out how they're going to make all these work, but you know, isn't the whole country trying to figure it all out anyways?
1: <laughs> have have you have you voted yet? I have. Okay, so you're, you're 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 all set. Did you vote early? Did you vote absentee or or the in person early vote, voting?
6: I voted. And I voted absentee. In fact, I just dropped my ballot off uh, at uh, Civic Center at Wawatosa.
1: Got it. Make sure it counts. Th- thanks for the call. I Appreciate it. I mean, a lot of a lot of people have, in fact, done that. Now, again, I, I you know the, the grocery store stuff. I, t- to me, you, you've got to. Again, you, you you have to you have to be specific as to regions and and what might be appropriate for New Orleans or New York it isn't necessarily appropriate for Green Bay, Wisconsin or or La Crosse, Wisconsin or Baraboo, Wisconsin. So, I, I mean, I think you know you have to target this stuff. But I, I do agree that again, two we, we should have done this a month ago if we were in fact going to fact do it. I guess my concern and my legitimate question is how many people. Who would have otherwise voted aren't going to aren't going to vote if the election is held tomorrow eight five five six one six one six twenty Scott on the South Side Scott you're on WTMJ good afternoon,
4: um, good afternoon Jeff my feeling on this topic is that the is that the election should be delayed um, until at least May if not June and there are other states who have who had primary scheduled for March and April that moved theirs out to those those date ranges and when it comes to press and again the you know, governor of ohio did it whatever two days before the election so also in times of crisis there is nothing wrong with maintaining consistency consistency in, in leadership if you look to an example of that look to the city of new york after 9-11 where mayor giuliani um stayed in office for a little bit while longer till things settled down before bloomberg before bloomberg assumed um, the role the, the role of mayor so, those are just my um, points. I mean, I just think that the Republicans in the state with the legislature, they're rolling the dice here, whatever on why they want to do this and and and, and vote tomorrow. I mean, I just think that it's um it, it's not good public policy, it's not good for public health, and it's against all the guidelines we're, we're, we're being given about gatherings right now
1: well it, it, it unquestionably it raises questions about <clears throat> the legitimacy of, of any election results because any of the candidates that lose are going to be able to say, look, we would have won but for the fact that, you know, our, our voters, you know, didn't feel comfortable going out to the polls. Whereas to your point, if you kick the election back thirty days or you kick the election back sixty days, you you do have to figure out a way to maintain the status quo. But at least by then the, you you can assume that there were the peaks and thanks for the call I appreciate it. I mean I, I look that that's why I, I mean I've said along do I think they can conduct the election the yes they, they do do I have real concerns about the lab, letting people vote six days after the election and send in ballots yes yes I do and and that's why honestly even though it should have been done a while ago, I, I've never had this big issue with postponing the, the election for 30 or 60 days. I don't know who it benefits. I, I'm, I mean, I'm not tuned in enough, and I don't think anybody really is. And that's to know exactly you know, who is the beneficiary of this. I do know if you don't do this, regardless of whether the governor has the power to do it or not, if you don't do it for, forevermore, you know, you're, people are going to be questioning, okay, would Tom Barrett really have won re-election? Would Justice Kelly really have won re-election or election if, if this hadn't happened? And I guess that, that degree of uncertainty is not good. Um, 855-616-1620. Mark in Kenosha. Mark, you're on WTMJ. Hey, thanks for having me. Hi, Mark. What do you think?
0: You know, I- I really don't see any legitimate drawbacks to extending it a week or so, like you're saying. I'm just trying to understand how getting more votes in from more voters could ever possibly be a bad thing. It just seems counterintuitive to want to restrict and limit the amount of time that people have to cast votes, especially during a crisis like this. Why would more people voting be a bad thing?
1: Well, I guess – but, I mean, at some point in time, you would agree with me that, that elections should have definitive terms, wouldn't you? I mean, would, would you let, – let, let's forget the crisis aspect of this. Would you be in favor of saying, hey, I, I think um, people should be able to start voting in January and, and vote all the way through April? I mean, don't, don't you need at least not. some term –
0: you you definitely do it, but I think you, you hit it right on the nail there. Uh, this is not a normal time. This is a crisis unlike which most of us have ever seen in our lives. So that out of the, the normal uh, occurrences. And if it takes uh, a little bit longer to make sure an election is properly done, I think it's worth the extra time.
1: Good. Mark, thanks a lot for the call. Okay, I tell you what, we're going to take a quick break. This is obviously sir, so we've, got, we've got lots of people who want to weigh in on this. We're going to take a quick break. Governor Evers is scheduled to have a news conference starting around 1.30. I know we're going to dip into that. And, again, we're awaiting the start of the governor's press conference. We'll pick that up when it begins. I am being told that the state Supreme Court is instructing clerks to, to be on hold because there there will be an appeal of the governor's order. So we, who knows what's going to happen? Here's a text I have. Jeff, I'm an election inspector in La Crosse. We have plexiglass shields, gloves, and masks for the workers. Firefighters are poised to be at all polling entrances to require electors to wash their hands. Police officers will be at every location to enforce proper distancing. Sanitizing stations are readily available. Voting booths are properly spaced. I'll continue in just a moment, but sounds like we've got the governor's press conference starting.
6: Governor Tony Evers, DHS Secretary-Designee Andrea Palm, and available to answer questions are Dr. Ryan Westergaard, the Chief Medical Officer with the DHS Bureau of Communicable Disease, and Ryan Nilsestun, the Chief Legal Counsel for the governor's office. We will begin the briefing with remarks from Governor Tony Evers. Good afternoon,
3: everybody, and thanks for listening today. Last Friday, I called the legislature in this special session to take up legislation that would allow all Wisconsinites to vote safely by mail. Earlier this morning, without discussion or debate, they ended that session and took no action to ensure public health and safety. The situation in Wisconsin and in our nation has gotten worse since I first called that special session. The Federal Emergency Management Agency has granted Wisconsin a major disaster declaration for the entire state of Wisconsin as a result of the COVID-19 pandemic. Vice Admiral Jerome Adams, the United States Surgeon General, stated that the impact of COVID-19 will have on the United States this week is our, quote, Pearl Harbor moment, our 9-11 moment, and it's not going to be localized. It's going to be happening all over the country, unquote. Over the weekend, the president said about the upcoming week, quote, there will be a lot of death. Dr. Deborah Birx, the White, House, White House's coronavirus response coordinator, added that, quote, this is the moment not to be going into the grocery store, not going to the pharmacy, and, but by doing everything you can to keep your family and your friends safe, unquote. We're feeling that pain here in Wisconsin. Our friends and family are getting sick. Our health care systems are feeling strained, and frontline workers don't have all the resources they need to stay safe. We're seeing folks have to hold up signs and wave to their loved ones from across the street, and hearing heartbreaking stories about people suffering the devastation of this virus alone because it's too dangerous to have someone at their bedside. The number of deaths in Wisconsin continues to rise. On Friday, we had 56 confirmed COVID-19 deaths. By Sunday afternoon, we are up to 68 deaths, to include two deaths at a nursing home in Sheboygan, not far from where I grew up in Plymouth. The Wisconsin National Guard has since dispatched, has been dispatched to establish a mobile testing site At the facility, the second time we've had to call up the National Guard to add support at a nursing home experiencing a cluster of COVID-19 cases and death. We expect more cases, we expect more deaths, we expect more tragedies. With that in mind, I cannot in good conscience allow any types of gathering that would further the spread of this disease and to put more lives at risk. I have been advised by public health experts at the Department of Health Services that despite the heroic efforts and good work of our local election officials, poll workers, and National Guard troops, there's not a sufficiently safe way to administer in-person voting tomorrow. That's why, earlier today, I signed Executive Order 74 to suspend in-person voting for the spring election until June 9th, and call on the legislature to convene in special session on April 7th to take up legislation extending the date of the spring election to June 9th, or another reasonable date we can all agree on. In the interim, eligible Wisconsin voters may continue to request, receive, and cast mail-in absentee ballots, register to vote or update their registration status, and all ballots already cast in the 2020 spring election will remain valid and will be canvassed in conjunction with the in-person voting on the new date. I've also said before that I am deeply concerned about the local elections on the ballot and ensuring continuity of government as we continue to respond to this crisis. Executive Order 74 will extend the terms of those currently serving in these local elected offices until we're able to safely hold an election and certify the results. Now, to be clear, this was not an easy decision that I made lightly. Frankly, there is no good answer to this problem. I wish it were easy. I have been asking everybody to do their part to help keep our families, our neighbors, and our communities safe. And I had hoped that the legislature would do its part, just as the rest of the the state are, to help keep people healthy and safe. But as municipalities are consolidating polling locations and absent legislative or court action, I cannot in good conscience stand by and do nothing. The bottom line is that I have an obligation to keep people safe, and that's why I signed this executive order today. We've seen a number of other states, including our neighbors like Ohio, make changes in their elections in order to preserve public safety as we fight this disease. The difference between all those other states and what is happening in Wisconsin comes down to the legislature. In all those other states, Republicans and Democrats and the governors and Democrats in the governor's office in, in the legislature work together to find the right solution. I've tried for weeks to meet Republicans in the middle to find common ground and figure out a Wisconsin solution. But at every turn, they fought all the way to the United States Supreme Court even the most basic and common sense proposals to ensure a safe and fair election. That's not how it's supposed to work, folks. We've got to work together to keep people safe. That is the bottom line. All along, that has been my promise to Wisconsin. I will fo- follow the science. I will listen to the public health experts. And every single decision I make will be guided by what's right, what the right thing is to do to protect public health and safety. There's no shame in changing course to keep people safe, and quite frankly, to save lives. Our allegiance cannot be to party or to ideology. It must be to the people of Wisconsin and their safety. You know, most Wisconsins don't care about political fighting or battles that are going on in the courts. They're just scared right now. They want a governor of the state to stand up for them, and so that's what I'm doing. The Wisconsin Constitution requires no less of me as governor. Our Constitution establishes that the purpose of the state of Wisconsin is to ensure domestic tranquility and promote the general welfare. And as governor, I made an oath to uphold that Constitution. My hope is that the courts of Wisconsin will agree that this is an unprecedented moment in time and affirm that my action today is necessary to keep the people of our state safe. And now I'll turn this over to Secretary Andre Palm.
7: Thank you, Governor. Good, after, good afternoon, everyone, uh, and thanks so much for joining us again today. I want to thank the residents of Wisconsin. We know you are working so hard to follow the Safer at Home Physical Distancing Guidelines to flatten the curve. Research coming out of the World Health Organization on COVID-19, as well as research on previous pandemics, all support strategies like Safer at Home and our physical distancing policies. The point of these policies is to buy more time in order to build our health care capacity, buy needed medical supplies, find more health care professionals, ensure adequate hospital bed and critical care capacity, increase our testing, and bulk up our contact tracing teams. To get, our steady, to get our state ready for the surge and beyond. The health and well-being of the residents of Wisconsin is our focus, and that is why we are taking further action today. The upcoming election is a statewide election, and it requires a statewide solution. In-person voting, by definition, inhibits our ability to physically distance, and the recent consolidation of polling locations in many parts of Wisconsin would result in mass gatherings. In-person voting would, without question, accelerate the transmission of COVID-19 and increase the number of cases. And an increase in the number of cases in Wisconsin would result in more deaths. Throughout this response, we have put the health and safety of Wisconsin residents first. And that is why I and the DHS public health experts advised Governor Evers to avoid the mass gatherings that would result from an in-person election on Tuesday. In addition, I have signed two emergency orders today regarding our health care system. The orders allow healthcare care facilities, providers, and emergency medical services flexibility to address staffing needs so they are able to provide needed care. The order adjusts training and license renewal deadlines, as well as paramedic-level ambulance staffing levels for emergency medical services. It it suspends staff orientations at home health agencies and hospices, adjusts nurse aide training hours, relaxes criteria for resident care staff at community-based residential facilities and adult family homes, and ensures nursing homes cannot discharge patients who are unable to pay. The order also modifies requirements at opioid addiction treatment services so staff can continue to be responsive and accessible. Finally, They allow healthcare provider licenses that would have expired during the public health emergency to remain valid until 30 days after the emergency is over. In order to assist with this patient care, we'd like to give you an update on PPE, or personal protective equipment, uh, that has come to us from the Federal Strategic National Stockpile. The total PPE Wisconsin has distributed from the Strategic National Stockpile includes 104,680 N95 respirators, 260,840 surgical masks, 48,168 face shields, and 140,750 pairs of gloves. This PPE will help protect our medical professionals as they do their important work of treating COVID-19 patients who need care. However, what we have received from the Strategic National Stockpile barely begins to meet the need or the requests of the Wisconsin health care system. In addition to the SNS, we continue to process PPE made available by the buyback and donation program that the Governor launched last month. We have distributed supplies from these sources, including 15,195 respirators, 24,200 surgical masks, and these have gone to public safety staff, uh, including police and fire departments, to protect them as they do their essential work during this pandemic. We know this is a time of unprecedented stress for so many, and especially for our frontline health care workers. That is why our new website, resilient.wisconsin.gov, offers tools and resources to reduce stress during this pandemic. There are pages dedicated to helping first responders and healthcare workers, and there are also pages for the rest of us to learn more about mental health well-being and self-care, tools to reduce stress, and to stay connected in this time of physical distancing. These tools are so important because we know that Safer at Home is what we need to do to flatten the curve, and reducing our stress so it's possible to follow these guidelines is essential. I want to give an update now on the num- our numbers for today. Here's where things stand. We've got 12 active labs running COVID tests in Wisconsin with a daily lab capacity of 3,563 tests. We have 26,574 negative tests, which is an increase of 1,405 over yesterday. We have two counties reporting cases for the first time, Kiwani and Washara, and there are now 20 440 positive tests, an increase of uh, 173 positive uh, COVID people here in the state of Wisconsin. Our number of COVID hospitalizations is 668, which is an increase of 44 over yesterday. And this means that 27% of people who have tested positive for COVID-19 in Wisconsin have been hospitalized. Our total deaths to date have now reached 77. The the new deaths today include one death in Dane County, a male in his 90s, six additional deaths in Milwaukee County, a male in his 50s, two males in their 70s, and one female and one male in their 80s, as well as one male in his 90s. In Racine County, we have one male in his 70s that has passed away, as well as one male in his 60s in Winnebago County. Again, we honor the memories of those who have passed and grieve for for the, grieve their loss and, and, and grieve for those who are also experiencing this loss. When the numbers increase, it is easy to think of this pandemic in terms of graphs and the numbers on our web pages. But we need to remember that each number represents a person, a friend or family member, a neighbor or a co-worker. When we each do our part to flatten the curve through physical distancing and staying safer at home, we are doing our part to keep ourselves and others healthy and safe. And we are doing our part to give us time that we need to make sure our health care system and our frontline health care workers have the capacity and the tools they need to meet this challenge. Thank you for continuing to join us in that work.
6: Thank you. We'll now open it up to questions, a reminder to maintain audio quality, to keep your phones on mute until it's time okay, to that's ask
1: next question. That's Governor State Evers the- announcing his decision to postpone the election. Now, four days earlier... Governor Reaver said he did not believe he had the legal authority to do that, but he's gone ahead and done it anyways. Um, Like I say, there's going to be an appeal to the state Supreme Court. So I I think that the advice right now for clerks is, you know, prepare as if there's going to be an election. Don't know how that whole thing is going to turn out. Have the latest updates on the, the number of people who have testing positive, 2,440 positive tests. Statewide, 77 deaths. All right, when we come back, we're going to discuss what the governor said in a little bit more detail. Stick around. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Are you missing baseball yet? Well, us too, and we're here to give you your Brewers fix. Tune in to WTMJ next Wednesday at 6 o'clock for another edition of Brewers Classic. We go back to the Brewers' magical 2011 run, Game 5 of the National League Division Series. The Brewers and the Diamondbacks, bottom of the 10th, Carlos Gomez on second, Niger Morgan at the plate, Bob Eucher on the call Tune in next Wednesday at six o'clock, Brewers Classic, sponsored by Dray Camp Heating and Cooling, Boucher Automotive, Previa, and Badger Mutual. I was at Miller Park that day, and I have to tell you, with the possible well with the definite exception of the nineteen eighty two Game Five, where they they won, they beat the California Angels and went to the World Series, that was that was the coolest moment. I can just remember walking out of Miller Park and everybody just roaring with that tenth inning win. All right. We, we just took the governor's press conference, his justification and his explanation for announcing that he was going to order that the election be postponed. Like I say, I, th- this is not necessarily the last word. I'm not making a prediction. But four days ago, the governor said he didn't think he had the legal authority to do it. I, I don't know that that legal authority has somehow magically been bestowed on him in four days but whether or not the courts choose to intervene is a whole nother question the governor did clear up one of the questions that i had not necessarily for the better because the governor has announced that okay he wants to move the election until june and so the process of requesting and casting absentee ballots will continue so in other words we're not going to have a, a couple-week process. We're going to have a several months-long process of people being able to to vote, which really, I mean, raises all sorts of questions to me about what. Wh- why do we have any sort of guidelines at all? I, again, I have significant questions as to where the courts are going to go with this. Um, but we had a number of people who texted in let me let me share this um let's see uh jeff let's be honest evers did not make this decision the people pulling his strings did um okay jeff move it back everybody stays where they are for now well that's not what the governor's saying he's not saying move it back everybody stays where they are he's saying move it back but we're going to let people continue to cast votes for the next 60 days um, Jeff, why don't they hold the election in banks with drive-up tubes? You drive up, put your photo ID in the tube, speak if asked a question. They send you a ballot, fill it out, send it back. They return your photo ID. No personal contact. Jeff, they shouldn't move the election. Um, if we would have had a blizzard, would the election have been moved? Well, the, the answer to that is is no. Um, they don't move it rainstorms, but, of course, We're in a different world with the pandemic. Jeff, what, um, I can't read that word on the radio. Waiting for the last minute to delay reminds me, of how other, you know, crooked banana republics work. The whole election is a farce. It stinks of fraud. Um, Jeff, April 7th is important, just like getting your Powerball numbers before the drawing. There were no surprises in the past week other than early Democratic return woes. So a number of people think that um, this is less about public health and more about um, trying to, Orchestrate a result. Uh, Jeff, the answer to your question about who benefits the ad agency that sells advertising to candidates, they have much more time to sell uh, the ads. Well, that's true. I was trying to read this right when the governor started his press conference. Um, Jeff, I'm an election inspector in La Crosse. We have plexiglass shields, gloves and masks for the workers. Firefighters are poised to be at all the polling entrances to require electors to wash their hands. Police officers will be at every location to enforce proper distancing. Sanitizing stations are readily available. Voting booths are properly spaced. Poll workers are not being allowed to bring in food to share amongst amongst the workers, as is our normal practice. We are ready and have taken steps to keep electors... And inspectors safe. All right. When we come back, um, we're going to continue this conversation. Should, Should the election be put off? Stick around.
0: Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff
1: Wagner Show. And now, WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Good afternoon, Wisconsin. Welcome back. We live in interesting times. Governor Evers, what about an hour ago or so, announcing that he was going to order the election scheduled for tomorrow to be put off. In addition, he was going to order that the election be moved another two months and that people be allowed to essentially vote um, for the next two months. He says it's because of coronavirus, etc. Now, there's a couple things, and. and whether this is the motivation or not, th- this is the effect. I mean, first of all, four days ago, Governor Evers said he did not believe he had the authority to do what he's just, just done. So I, I suspect that the Supreme Court's going to decide on that. But by waiting until issuing this order until today, let us be honest, um, he, he makes it more difficult for the court to step in. Um, if Governor Evers had issued this order four or five days ago, the Supreme Court or other courts would have had an opportunity to, to view this in a more considered fashion. I think it's clear that by timing the announcement as he did and timing this order as he did, he's made it more difficult for the courts to get involved. That's just the the reality of, of that. Okay, the second thing is the practical effect of this. And like I said earlier, the, the presidential primary, who cares when you have the election? It doesn't that, that doesn't matter. Joe Biden is going to be the nominee. The statewide race for the state Supreme Court, uh, Justice Dan Kelly running against the Madison Circuit Court Judge Jill Karofsky, by extending the time with which people can vote, two months, essentially, that gives an advantage to Jill Karofsky. In, and this is just the reality of this. In Wisconsin... What happens is for for liberals to win, typically you need the largest possible turnout and you need huge, huge turnouts in the city, in Milwaukee County and, and in Dane County. That's, that's how Tony Evers got elected. You had this huge turnout in Dane County which just swamped the rest of, of the state. By continuing the election process for 60 days, you give an opportunity for more and more people to get out and vote in Dane County and Milwaukee County. Now, that, that's just the reality. Whether that was one of the reasons that went into this, I, I don't know. But that is the effect. The flip side of this is we are at a time of it's really an unprecedented sort of thing. Certainly nothing like this has ever happened in my lifetime. And I guess even if there is a political effect whether that's a motivation or not even if there is a political effect and these decisions benefit one candidate over another that, that doesn't necessarily make it wrong or it doesn't necessarily make it unjustified but that is the reality this decision I think is designed and at least in effect to to help one of the two candidates similarly the other complicating factor is you have all these local offices where the the terms expire, and so now you're going to be in a situation where you have people who will essentially be continuing in their jobs um, after they might have lost elections or after they they were scheduled to, to resign. Now, maybe that's a big deal, maybe it's not, but that is an effect of all this as well. Now the contrary, the flip side of all this and those are I think those are fair and undeniable effects of this. It, it, it just it is, that this action will benefit some candidates. it will hurt others. The flip side is, you do have, despite the fact that you have what over a million absentee ballots that had in fact been requested, you do have a situation where the people of Wisconsin are being told don't go out in public. Or if you do go out in public, do it in a limited sort of fashion. So given that, to go ahead and have an election when we're telling people stay home, uh, it's really, I think, sort of counterintuitive if we're trying to get as many people to the polls as possible. So that's how it all sifts out. Again, I don't know what the courts are going to do or even if they're going to get involved with this. If I were a local election clerk, I would be staying tuned. I I wouldn't simply say, okay, well the governor's issued this order, that means the election's not going to happen. Because it is possible, I think, that a court could intervene. But regardless of, of whether or not this decision tends to benefit one side or another or certain candidates or the other. Is it the right thing to do? 855-616-1620. That is the acunate mortgage talk and text line. And I will be honest with you. I have less problem with delaying the election than allowing people to vote over a period of two months. But... Given where we are now, if you do delay the election, I don't understand how you could stop people from voting over the course of two months. 855-616-1620, that is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Is Governor Evers doing the right thing by delaying the election? All right, Uh, while Gru is lining up the calls back at the studio, um, let's see. Jeff, I wish the governor could articulate to us why the election is less important than the Taco Bell drive-thru. Implication being the Taco Bell drive-thru is open, but uh, the election will be off. Uh, Jeff, with two months to vote, remember to vote early and office, often. Extending the election makes it ripe for fraud and corruption. Um, Jeff, um, the governor I believe Governor Evers has poll results showing they're going to lose the Supreme Court race. This is the only race that matters, and this is the only way they can skew the results. I, I will say this. And this is an unfortunate thing. Um, This election, the Supreme Court election, regardless of what happens, it Whoever wins is going to be tainted. That, that's just, that's the reality of this. If if the election is held tomorrow and Justice Kelly wins, well, everybody's going to say, well, it's only because, you know, there was voter suppression in Milwaukee and Dane County because people didn't feel safe going out. If, on the other hand, you allow people to vote for two months and you have all of a sudden this enormous turnout over the process, people are going to say it was crooked that way. So I I don't know how you get over this. The, the effect of this has been that, again i the legitimacy of either candidate i think is going to be questioned over time um dot, 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 dot. let's see um Jeff, um, people are going to grocery stores, pharmacies, the post office, etc., and they know how to social distance, wear gloves and masks as needed. I am confident that those who still want to vote can do so and keep healthy. Evidently, the governor thinks the citizens of Wisconsin are not capable of taking the necessary precautions to vote in person. Jeff, I think the election should be delayed. Governor Evers acted exactly as he had to. He gave the legislature as much time as possible to delay it, but since they refused, he had no choice but to use his authority. Authority is necessary regardless of if he technically has it if the courts overturn his emergency order they're doing something that is their right all right 855-616-1620 that's the acunet mortgage talk and text line shane in waukesha shane you're on wtmj good afternoon
5: good afternoon how are you
1: i am well thank you we live in interesting times don't we
5: absolutely absolutely it's uh and i'm not uh, i'm not a very political person to be to be frank with you but um in an overall sense i'm not uh, i'm not right wing i'm not left wing i'm kind of right down the middle um and what i what i look at is is all of these elected officials work for the people regardless of who's in office now who might be benefited by this uh delay um doesn't really matter in my in my opinion um mm-hmm. it, it's it's the safety of the people that matters and if uh if someone believes that delaying this election is going to be safer for the general public, then um, I genuinely agree with that.
1: Mm-hmm. And do you think it will be? Do you think it, I mean, do you think that that's? Do you think that there is a significant danger to the public by people g- who going out and voting in person tomorrow?
5: I, I do. Um, okay. I understand that grocery stores are open and gas stations are open, and and there's inherent risks with visiting those locations. But as uh, as American person who is sitting at home and, and maybe elderly or or um, susceptible to this mm-hmm. more so than anybody else, if they they don't feel comfortable getting out there and voting or don't have the means to to vote otherwise, um, it's still their right to vote. And um, yeah. I genuinely think that delaying the process, regardless of who it helps, hurts, whatever, yeah. the American people will eventually, you know.
4: God.
1: I appreciate no, it. Thanks it, right? for calling. I, I, right, I, I appreciate the perspective. I mean, that's that's why it is unfortunate. See, if, if the election would have been delayed a month ago and we would have kicked it back to June, a lot of these issues would have gone away because the campaign would have continued. You would not have allowed absentee balloting to go on for months and months. You, you know, it, it would have been... I think a lot of the issues that are going to be present, regardless of whether the election is held tomorrow or in June, a lot of the issues that are going to be there that arguably might question the legitimacy of whoever won, they would have been off the table if we would have just suspended things a month ago. That's unfortunately Not the position that we are in right now. 855-616-1620. Jeff, um, I am an election clerk in West Bend. Having just spent two hours setting up our polling place to keep it safe for the voters and poll workers, there is no need to move the election from tomorrow. Hmm. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be back with more calls in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. If you want to join us, 855-616-1620. That's the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. I, I've tried to present this in as balanced a, an approach as, as I can, also understanding the, the realities of this. The decision to delay the election, on the one hand, you justify it from a public health perspective. On the other hand, there, there are political effects of this and and you I think you got to balance them all out and of course then that's all overwritten under the question of does the governor have the authority to do this but do you think the election should be kicked back? We continue the conversation in just a moment. this is Jeff Wagner WTMJ back to take your calls here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner what, what a good spot with Craig Council what a, what a good spot love that one. All right. Let's. We're we'll going back to the calls in just a moment. If you're on the line, please hold on. Eight five five six one six one six twenty is our number. Jeff, what is the difference between going to the polls to vote and going to to Walmart? Um, let's see. Jeff, um, governor did the right thing. This isn't about politics. When the U.S. Surgeon General says the week is going to be our Pearl Harbor and we should stay home, and yet we're ignorant enough to go out in groups to vote, that doesn't make any sense. Jeff, I'm a merry old person living in Racine County. We have been talking about the election for how long now? Months. We went to vote in person as soon as in-person voting was allowed. We have had weeks to be able to vote absentee or in-person or drive-through as in Milwaukee. At this point, safety measures have been set up. Let's do it and get it over with rather than holding it out for Another two weeks. Um, this is ridiculous. What a mess, Jeff. Look, whether you whether you agree with postponing the election or you think it should be held Tuesday, I think the one thing that we could all agree on is that if you look up the term hot mess in the dictionary, you're going to see a picture of, of what's going on now in Wisconsin. What a mess, Jeff. Poor call for all involved. People in out are out and about no matter what. Let's face it, political outcome of a judicial election is at hand. Um, Jeff, all these people saying that the elderly are out at the store, etc. I don't agree. A lot of the elderly are not out shopping. I myself shop for both sets of parents. It should be postponed health first. Now, I will say this if you if you are in a, a target population if if you're somebody that's got health issues and i mean i was just i mean i was listening to the secretary of health you know and her description of the people that that are dying and and it's almost all not all but it's almost all people who are in their 70s and 80s and 90s um and sometimes reaching in into the 60s typically speaking when there's an underlying health issue so i, I mean i do think for example, I have a couple of very, very dear friends who are in their upper 70s and 80s, and I, I don't want them going out of their house. I, I I just don't, because if they get sick, it's going to be a different ball game than, say, if I get sick or somebody younger than me gets sick. 855-616-1620. Let's talk to Steve in Cedarburg. Steve, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
0: Hey, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Um, Thank you for calling. I'm, kind of calling on, I'm calling on behalf of a quintessential... American, and I'll use her name as Betty Doe, and she's in her mid-80s. She grew up in the Great Depression. Uh, she survived World War II, etc., etc. She's a very religious person and is unable now to attend um, Easter services, which is breaking her heart, and she's right. never missed her life, irregardless of political party. And her big, beautiful, extended family, under no circumstances, will allow her to go out and vote. It just ain't gonna happen. Period. So this is nothing more than voter suppression if they hold the election today. So thanks for taking my call.
1: Um, well, th- th- thanks for the, the call. I guess, Steve, my, my, my question as a follow up to that would be, okay, well, for family wouldn't allow her to go out and vote, and voting was so important. Why why weren't arrangements made to to get her the the absentee ballot so that, that, you know, that's been available over the course of, you know, the, the last several weeks. And, I, I, I mean, I throw that out there. And I, Look, I, I understand. I'm the guy that talks about how I love in-person voting. I, I'm the guy that shows up at every obscure election and goes to vote in person because I love the process of standing there and you're in line and you're there with your fellow citizens. I find it to be just, I, I mean, I find it to be exhilarating. You know, so, I I mean, I I appreciate that there is a value to in-person voting. And, you know, but I just, I mean, I raised that question that, you know, th- there have been other opportunities. And I guess you're, you're right. Do, do I think that, in your example, the 80-some-year-old lady should be going out and standing in line to vote tomorrow? No, my, my answer would be no. Is it voter suppression? Well, well, I don't know, because there were lots of probably other opportunities to cast a vote over the course of the last uh, several weeks. All right, 855-616-1620. That's the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text line. We pick it up right there. Grew continuing to line up the calls. Back with more more in just a minute. This is Jeff Wagner. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. Scott in Greendale. Scott, thanks for waiting. Good afternoon. Scott. Scott, Scott, Scott. Okay, let's try Bernard in Milwaukee. Bernard, you're on WTMJ. Good afternoon.
4: Hey, Jeff. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, sir. I, I think... Uh, and that he did the right thing. Uh, the Republican-led uh, Senate had every opportunity to say something other than just gaveling in and leaving out. They could have made a decision that he wouldn't have had to make a decision. And then to allow a city the size of Milwaukee to only have five polling places, that's voter suppression.
1: Well, of course, he's not making that decision. That's a decision that the, the, the city of Milwaukee is making, to only have five open. They don't have volunteer pollers. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Um okay, thanks for the call. I, I appreciate it. I mean I I guess that, that's I mean that that's the issue. I don't know that it's voter suppression because the the city of Milwaukee, of course, has been playing by its own rules for a long time. And I, I don't mean that in a nasty way. I mean the city of Milwaukee opened up for early voting. As the Dane, as did the city of Madison, would a week before any anybody else did. So I mean, there's lots of opportunities to vote in in Milwaukee. I don't know if it's suppression, and I, I wonder. You know, I guess the fundamental question is, if the polls were open tomorrow, how many people that otherwise would have voted in this election aren't going to turn out to to vote? And I think that's a fair question to ask. I don't claim to know the answer. All right, obviously, this is the breaking story of the day. We're being swamped with phone calls and texts and things. We're going to, I've tried to give you the best analysis I can of this. We're going to continue to take your calls for at least one more segment. I've got more texts than I can probably read over the course of the next half hour, but How do you feel about this right now? And again, there is going to be There's political winners and there's political losers out of this. This this is the reality. But at the same time, the reality is we've got COVID-19 and we're telling people don't go out. So even if this decision tends to benefit some candidates over others or some races over others, does it necessarily mean that it's the wrong thing to do under the extraordinary circumstances we're in? Stick around. This is Jeff Wagner.